Incoming chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome one more time to Incoming Chat, the podcast for uh, by success, if I have to say it correctly. Um, today, I have Eric Totten, which is not only a colleague, but also the editor of Success and a journalist and a crazy traveler, has crazy stories that we've been sharing lately. And we're going to learn more about him and content, which is a big deal right now. I mean, most companies are going deep into content strategy and how to use it properly. But enough about me, Eric, if you can let us know um, what you've been doing for the last couple of years. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, Marcos. Uh, nice to be here in the live chat studio. Thank you. Um, yeah, so for the last five years, uh, you know, four of those years, uh, four years ago, I moved to Poland. Uh, bef before that, I was living in Omaha, Nebraska and owned a magazine uh, called Food and Spirits, which... Um, as it sounds, it was about food and spirits, nice. alcohol. Favorite subjects. Of course, easy to write about. Um, so over those four years though, when I started moving to Poland, I slowly started transitioning away from that business. Um, now it doesn't exist any longer other than a few events we put on, but of course with the situation in the United States, events aren't happening this year. Uh, and so then over the last year, I've been working for Live Chat, uh, working for success as a editor and content specialist writer. For for the people that's listening right now and don't understand the job of the editor, especially in something that is so massive as online content, um, can you let us know a little bit what what you do exactly? What's your day to day as an editor? Yeah, mainly I'm uh, I'm looking over all the content that we publish. Uh, I'm checking our social media posts and copy for videos. As you know, we work together on that. Uh, so really, it's a kind of quality assur assurance, uh, making sure that we're saying things the right way that we're using. Uh, that we're following all the same rules, whether that's uh, in writing, grammar, punctuation. Uh, but yeah, trying to make make sure that uh, not not that everything has the same voice. All our writers that's, have that's separate what I wanted, voices. Yeah, that's what I wanted to go to. So, but you obviously t like you help the writers to have to maintain so, so sort of a standard, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But how do you do it so you don't mess up their voices? So the people still have this unique tone when they write. Yeah, I try to be very aware of that when I'm when I'm editing something. I don't want it to sound like I wrote it. Um, everybody has different unique ways of saying things. And so I try to make sure that, you know, if I, yeah, if, if I would write it one way, I try to make sure that that's not the basis for changing something. Um, I just want it to be grammatically correct and have good punctuation and be easy on our readers. So it, it looks professional. Exactly. That, I mean, that's one of the things that, um, and we talked about this before that, um, a lot of companies put out content that is embarrassing. I mean, Oof. uh, and it hurts, it hurts a lot of the brand, mm -hmm. right? I mean, this, this mm -hmm. is a huge correlation with like having this stuff that you can read and make sense. And it's also properly put mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. versus just like, all right, let's just ramble online. Yeah, I mean, you know, part of uh, having content online is uh, getting backlinks for that content and no one's gonna link to something that is There's full of errors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it just doesn't look professional at all. Um, well, you're also a writer. I mean, you write mm -hmm. for success yeah, as well. Of course. Um, when when the writing process start, um, and we had this discussion with other um, with other colleagues, we always write to get the biggest amount of views we can. Right? We mm -hmm. want we want people that, to come and read this. That's stuff. the goal. And and there's this whole SEO process behind it. So we look for keywords and etc. But that sort of kills sometimes the the value, right? Like how how do you see this like SEO versus just putting something that is valuable for people? Yeah, that's a really good question. I you know Bartek. Uh, at live chat it handles our SEO work. And I, I often will uh, talk with him about my ideas and get him to look at things and tell me if something is, you know, if a, if a keyword is trending or, you know, is more popular than something else. 
but yeah, but there's, uh, there's ways that that doesn't work too. You know, when you're looking up something with SEO, you're seeing that it's popular right now. But what about trending topics? What about a topic that's going to become yeah, popular like what about, like, if something's- in, in two weeks? Um, and so, yeah, like I think SEO is really, really important, but it's not the end all be all. I think you also have to be open to, you know, like we want something to go viral, right? Like we want an article that of gets course. a lot of backlinks because it's providing unique information. Yeah, and it's good, um, for, good for business. Just. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, when you write, where do you get the inspiration? Like, Because that, that's probably one of the hardest things for a writer to not only just find the right keywords and what people's talking about, but like, how do you get inspired to write? Because you don't write five lines. It's not just a Facebook post. It's, yeah, that's for it's sure. a whole article. And, and some of your articles and some of our articles, are, they're super long. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're well, long read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think, I think most writers would tell you that coming up with topics is one of the most difficult things to do. Um, I try to maintain kind of a backlog. Uh, you know, I'm checking, I, have, I, I subscribe to a number of emails. Uh, I'm saving the ones that give me ideas. Um, I'm reading news sites every day and I'm bookmarking websites that give me ideas or articles that make me think about things. Uh, but really, you know, being a writer, I try to consider myself, you know, every man or every person. And it seems to me like, you know, my name is Eric, but I've made the joke before that you can call me generic too. <laughs> That's actually a good one. Right? Um, because I've always, like, it, it seems to me that things that I find interesting, other people find interesting too. And so I try to be very much aware of what's appealing to me and why. And is there a bigger audience for so that? I guess you need a balance of writing stuff that you want to read versus stuff that people want to read. I mean, right. And if you're writing about something that's interesting to you, it's not such a job. It's not such hard work. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. not tough to do the research. You're, you're enjoying what you're learning. And then, uh, and then you're, you're hoping, but you know, I've been writing for 27 years, so it's not just hoping anymore. Um, I take it as a matter of fact that stuff that I find interesting and engaging, it seems like other people do too. Uh, and so I trust that instinct. And and when when you see your own content and and, and the rest of the writer's content, right? Because um, I, I did a special not too long ago about how you fit different pieces of content with different missions, right? With different ideas. I mean, this is going to be for attracting people. This is going to be for converting people. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see the the role of the content writer into figuring the things out? Like figure, try to figure out what the customer wants behind. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, it starts and stops with the writer. Um, Like they're, they're, they're critical in that process. And I think, yeah, it's also working, like I said, with Bartek and SEO and really, you know, coming up with solid ideas that we can see appeal to people. But then, as I mentioned, sometimes you just need to trust your writers um, to produce things that we can't see in SEO, but that could become very, very popular. Um, and so, yeah, to me, it's, you know, the writers are the end all be all in that process. And it's, it's helpful to have people you can talk about your ideas with, um, you know, gen like a lot of times when I'm editing articles, uh, the writers will put maybe a couple different headlines up there, or they're thinking about things different ways. Um, and they'll, they'll ask me what I think of those headlines. Um, sometimes, you know, there'll be a headline there and I will edit the whole article and then I'll leave a note to the writer saying, you said you were going to tell me this in the headline, but you didn't, you didn't, but you didn't. So maybe think about adding a couple more paragraphs or so you're, you're, you're not a fan of clickbaits. <laughs> no, no, I'm not at all. No, I'm not at all. In fact, yeah, I, uh, I try to, try to make sure that, that nothing, uh, with a headline like that gets published at live chat.
And I mean, you started, and I don't want to call you old or anything, but you started. Um, <laughs> you started writing for magazines, newspapers. I mean, mm -hmm. newspapers about, like stuff, like printed stuff, mm -hmm. which a lot of our um, audience don't even know what it is. Uh, uh -huh. But what's the? Do you see a huge difference between trying to edit and put, um, let's say, content for newspapers and magazines versus what we're doing online? Um, Yeah, I mean it's definitely different. I mean, you know, one of the you know one of the main things that's different is you know when we were when I was writing in print and especially with newspapers because you know that's the nature of the business. But we were always on extreme extreme deadlines, um, and you know, and once you once you get hit that deadline, once you print, there's no going back. It's out there. Like there's no yeah. going. You can't go and update. You can't go <laughs> correct something that you got wrong or fix something that you got wrong. And so, yeah, it's out there for the world to see. So those deadlines were really stressful. Um, back then, a good thing that's different now is we can see what's happening with our articles. Like before, you know, you published something and it was just like you hoped people were reading it. Maybe you were out at the bar one night and someone would say, oh, Eric, I read that article about the soccer game you covered. Really nice yeah. article. But other than that, you know, you, you, now you, can see it you often time. wondered if people were reading it. You hoped. Yeah. Um, now we know. We know how many people. We know how, many, how, how long they spent reading that article. We know where they went after they read that article. Uh, and so that, that, that information is really helpful to have. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy how much access to data you have. Uh, last episode, we had um, um, Jacob Fidal like, talk, mm -hmm. we we're talking about data and how much data dictates the direction of your, of your own content sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And based on that, do you, think, um, like, do you think companies should have an editorial line versus just writing what's popular. I mean, it's touching a little bit with SEO, but I, I see a lot of companies sticking to, well, we're just going to talk about this, and this is going to be our mm -hmm. line versus whatever. I mean, if people's talking about that, let's just talk about that and change our tone if, if we need to. And Yeah, I mean, I think you have to have some editorial, like a mission, I mm -hmm. guess is what I'm saying. And, you know, that's something I like, I really like about uh, writing for live chat is that we have a lot of flexibility in the topics that we're choosing. Uh, we're not promoting live chat in our pieces. We're not, you know, it, it doesn't read like we're trying to push you to go to yeah, go yeah. sign up for live chat. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, we're writing about things. We're writing about things that we know. Um, and I think that is really helpful. Like, you know, to write about things that we know makes it more engaging for us. Uh, I think it ends up delivering a, a better piece. Um, and then we're, you know, we're writing about things that matter, uh, things that we you know, can help business owners or leaders or marketers or content specialists or customer service specialists. Um, yeah, we're writing about things that matter to those folks. Um, when you write something that you know, you usually have uh, knowledge behind, obviously. <laughs> um, but that knowledge builds some credibility. Mm -hmm. When new content writers start, um, nobody will really listen to what they're saying because like, come, come on, you just came out of uni and you're going to tell me that you know everything about AI or chatbots or whatever. Mm -hmm. like, how do you build a credibility as a writer? By doing it constantly. Um, you know, and then once you get to a certain point, the fact that you've been writing for so long gives you a, a decent amount of credibility. Um, for me, coming up as a journalist, um, it was really helpful because as a journalist, you're trained to be to become an expert in eight hours, a mini expert in eight hours on a particular subject. And so you just dive right into it as hard as, as hard as you can and really just dig, dig deep. You know, I, 
gosh, I've written, you know, so many stories about different <laughs> things that, you know, like I, I remember, you know, my first job, or not first job, but my first day working at the Berkeley Daily Planet, it was, you know, writing like about straw bale homes. Like, you know, I had no knowledge <laughs> of straw bale homes. Uh, but, but in eight hours, I knew quite a bit about them. Um, and that, you know, that was maybe 20 years. There wasn't as much information available online. Yeah, so you, you were still you literally calling. literally had to go to a library. And you're getting on the phone and calling the yeah. experts. Like, yeah, like a journalist would. Um, I think the next day it was writing about the possibility of the next upcoming Olympics coming to San Francisco. And so, you know, just one thing and then a totally different thing. And then, you know, who knows what the next day was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, after a while... Um, I think you learn how to learn a lot about something in a short period of time. And then you just want to keep capitalizing on that. Like, you know, write about something similar the next time around so that you're still expanding your knowledge. Uh, and yeah, and eventually, you know, you become credible if you do it right. Like sort, you know, use sources, say what those sources yeah, are. Exactly. Don't, um, don't make it seem like, you know, I, I noted there are a lot of um, writers there that they totally pretend that they know everything about it. And and that that goes against it later on during... I mean, if people come to back and say, no, that's not true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, do you think it's a, it's a good idea to sh to, to say, um, especially because after all, you're talking about from a brand's perspective, right? You're, you're still right. part of a brand. Exactly. Uh, do you think it's good for, for content writers to specialize and take just one area or is it better to sort of expand that into more... So having more general knowledge of everything or... I think it's better to specialize for sure. Specialize in... Yeah. And, you know, that takes away a little of your freedom to choose a topic, but that's okay. I mean, you know, if you're a specialist, say in AI, there's thousands of things to talk about in AI. If you're an e-commerce specialist, there's thousands of things you can talk about in those areas. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely better to specialize because you really build up your knowledge in that particular area. And... And everything at a certain point will start to get easier as a writer because you you know this information. You're not discovering it for the first time. You have a good background in what's happening in a particular sector, and that just makes it easier. Now, when you when you write, you're talking to this sort of imaginary persona on the other side. You you have a a, a, a picture in your mind of who's going to be reading this most of the time. Mm -hmm. Do you have a process on on like what tone do you want to use or how do you want to address certain subjects? And and trying to figure out that persona properly, or like, or you just write the way you think is right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think one of the first rules of writing is to think of your audience first. Audience, 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 audience. Um, and so, yeah, I have, you know, I have an idea of who is hopefully reading my pieces. Uh, and yeah, I'm writing for them. I'm writing for for them. I want I want to give them all the information they need. Uh, on that subject or yeah, whatever the article might be about. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, and then from there, I'm just trying to build a solid article. All right. Um, but do you, do you change your tone? For example, when you write for uh, food and spirits, you mm -hmm. want to write about a great whiskey, right? Do you, you, do you use your own Eric's tone to talk about that? Or you sort of adapt to like the way they will talk. There's a lot of, um, write like you talk. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a comment I've seen everywhere lately, mm -hmm. right? The way you talk. But if you have different customers, right? The person who's going to choose a good whiskey versus the person who's going to choose a great software for the company, or they're different people sometimes. So. Yeah, I mean, your your language can change, like formal versus non-formal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is if you're talking to a CEO, maybe it's a little more formal language. If you're talking to a customer support specialist, maybe it's a little more informal. 
Um, but, but generally I think you, you know, that advice, you know, right. Like you talk, I mean, it's simplified, but that's good. It's good advice. One of the most difficult things for any writer to do is to develop your voice, like develop your own way of saying things that sounds like you were saying it, like you're having a conversation with someone because there's different levels of conversations too. If you're in a business meeting with a CEO, oh, yeah. you're going to be more formal there yeah, too. You what's up, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you, you want, you want to adapt your voice to suit the audience, but you don't ever want to lose your voice. Like you want it to sound like, you know, when Cuba writes something to me, when I read it and I edit it, I can tell that it's Cuba. Um, and I try to do the same thing in my writing, like, but I'm not always successful with that. Writers aren't always successful with that. Um, it's a really hard thing to do to, to figure out voice. the way you want to say it. Um, you know, that most, oh, the news article, I think I did two weeks ago, uh, about trends in remote working and people getting bigger and not renewing their gym memberships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to have fun with that. And I, it, I felt that one. I felt that You know, and to <laughs> me, to me, that's my voice that I want to portray but I'm not always successful doing it. But I, yeah, and I like to, I like to make a joke or two because I feel like that brings my audience closer to me and it's not such a chore to read. Uh, because yeah, generally I think people do consider reading a, a chore. Like if they had an option, they would just have all that information downloaded into their brain. Like that's what they would yeah. choose to do. So if they're taking the time to read something, um, give, give them some rewards, not just the knowledge, but yeah, give them some rewards, make give it, fun, fun. make it fun to read this. Do you think entertainment is a big part of, um, of content? Cause I'm, um, again, going back to what people are talking right now is there's, there's, there are two things that you should give value, but entertainment as well. I mean, you need to keep people having, I don't want to say like a good time or anything like woo, but yeah, you need I to do. be a little bit entertaining, right? I think a little bit. Um, but you know, really, I think what you're talking about is keeping people engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, you can do that different ways. One is, like I said, is you know, make maybe making a joke or some popular culture culture reference mm -hmm. that people know. Um, but there's other ways you can do that too. You know, something I I try to make sure our writers are always thinking about is, you know, don't say maybe in your writing. Don't say something is kind of something. Um, tell tell exactly. people the way it is because if people are making the effort to read your article, they're not reading it because they want to know maybe what it's like they're reading it because they want to know about this subject and they want you to be definitive. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's, a, that's not necessarily entertaining, but it's a good way to keep people engaged. So looking back at, at everything you've seen um, on content articles, journalism, do you still think uh, that content has a huge role into marketing for companies? Yeah. I mean, it's always going to have such a huge role now more than ever. It seems like, Uh, and actually why, because I, that's where I wanted to go. I was like, why now more than ever content is so important because we're pushing so much content, you know, like I, I, I can't recall the exact numbers, but you know, like every, every day we're almost publishing more content than like existed in the, you know, in the first 500 years of civilization. I can't recall that, you know, those, those facts are easy to find. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a content dense world. Uh, and so you've got to find a way to not only produce content, but get it out there in front of people. I mean, you know, everybody that's producing content for a business is looking at SEO. So you've got to find ways like to stand out from that. Um, and so, yeah, that gets back to what you were saying, entertaining. Um, you know, I think what we're doing at live chat is a really great way to approach content, have really well-written articles but then combine it with uh, an entertaining video host. Um, we're still looking for one, if anybody, <laughs> just, just kidding, Marcos. <laughs> I'm fired. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's the future too. I mean, you're going to have to find ways to stand out in that crowd and content, content oh, is king. And actually now I remember an article or I'm not sure if it was an article or conversation that we had together about AI writing content. Uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. And yeah, content is going to be the, the, the future, right? Because we, we're giving people what they want to hear or what they need to hear. But What's happening with AI taking over, man? I mean, I, I'm truly concerned that suddenly <laughs> my team of 10 writers that, that I love, they're going to be replaced by a small computer. Well, I guess I would say first, don't be so concerned. Um, right. You know, I, my, my very first uh, writing job was writing for my university's uh, newspaper. Um, and I was a sports writer back then. And I remember, and you know, in sports writing is pretty formulaic. I mean, once you've written 10, soc 10 articles about a soccer match, You, you know, you can just plug and play with the score. <laughs> you have a template. Here you go. Uh, and so back then, like there were rumors then that like there was, you know, an automatic sports writing bot or something that was going to take all our jobs. I haven't seen that happen. Um, and, you know, it, it, yeah, I think you're referring to the open AI yeah. uh, source code that was developed by one of Musk's uh, groups. And they've released like four or five iter iterations of that um, recently. And, you know, like I love to mess around with that stuff. I love, you know, putting in a sentence and seeing where it goes from there. And it is remarkable sometimes. It is remarkable. I mean, I can't remember what sentence I put in one time, but it, it made up like a fake engineer at Google with a name, gave him oh, quotes wow. about different things. I mean, it looked, looked just right. But if you look closer, none of it made any sense. Uh, and so I, you know, it's like when I talk, it's kind of, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like talking to a child with a really big vocabulary. Like they can say all these big words, but they don't really know what it means and they're not putting it into the right context. And that's where we're at now. And it's going to take a long time to like, not, yeah, like, like the vocabulary is there, but where's the rationale? And where's um, it? I mean, I guess the human touch and, and, and it's, it's going to sound super cliche, but the human touch is something that. It, it cannot be replaced. No, I can't. Well, you know, yeah, like, you know, we're able to draw inferences and make connections that AI can't do. Uh, you know, where I think this AI writing is more concerning is when you think about fake news. You know, fake news doesn't need to be accurate. It doesn't need to totally make sense. Often it doesn't. Uh, and so I think, you know, using it for those purposes is maybe something that's more likely and really, really concerning. I don't want to get too much into uh, fake news because mm -hmm. obvious reasons, <laughs> but um, do you think the amount of content that we're putting out and the amount of sources that people find are being, are playing a big role into the whole fake news idea? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess because I was a newspaper writer, like, you know, whenever I read, read an article, you know, I'm looking at where it was written first and then I'm looking at the writer. Um, a lot of people aren't like that. Unfortunately, um, you know, someone says something. that's right, <laughs> exactly. Like they see it written down somewhere and all of a sudden it's totally true. Um, and they don't do any research behind that. They don't look further than that. And so, yeah, I mean, those, and that, that probably will not go away. I mean, that's probably, yeah, I think it will take up. Yeah. It's probably here to stay. Cause it's always been that way. You know, like I always thought it was, you know, sad, kind of funny, but sad that, you know, like if you put something in a newspaper, It's a fact. People yeah. like considered it a fact. And now, now like, it seems like, you know, we're almost, um, we're going the other way with that. Like now, like, now it's like the fake media. 
um, like, you know, that the media has the time to be involved in all these conspiracies to get people to do different things, which, I mean, I've worked in newsrooms. They're not like that. Like you're, you're in a newsroom working, um, because you love what you do and you feel passionate about what you do because everybody working in a newsroom knows they could go make more in a marketing department. Oh yeah. We make a lot of money. Oh yeah. Tons. <laughs> <laughs> so from the, from the content that is out there, uh, what's your favorite company or what, what's your favorite writer? I mean, writer company, whatever you it's been calling your attention, like, wow, like that's, that's good content out there. Yeah. I, I, uh, I really enjoy the Axios, uh, newsletter every day. Um, to me, they're a really, really, really solid news organization. Uh, they're also on HBO, um, with, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they put an amazing interview not too long ago. Uh -huh. Again, I don't want to go into that. Yeah, anymore. exactly. But yeah, I mean, I, I really like Axios a lot. It's where I, you know, I get a lot of my ideas for writing or just, yeah, my perspective. Uh, understandably as a new newsletter by gosh, I really hope I get this right. Bill Murray. Um, I really love that. Like his perspective it's is not Bill Murray, the actor, not that Bill Murray okay, and, right. and gosh, you know, maybe it's Bill Murphy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entirely sure, but it's, it's really well written. Um, he used to write for Inc. He's a former lawyer. All right. Um, so that's, that's where I get a lot of my sources. And then I like to read Inc's uh, daily newsletter too. And I'm um, moving towards the end of our conversation. What will be, if you have to create for a small company, you have to create a content strategy, uh, super basic, it's just the beginning of it. What will be the first steps that you would recommend for a founder to start with? Build a good team, build a good team. Like, you know, and, and having writers isn't enough. Like, you know, have a strategy, uh, have an editor. Um, you know, something I've seen a lot of companies struggle with is they created a lot of content at the beginning, uh, but they didn't take time to make sure that that content was properly edited. So you have mistakes in there. Um, and over time, I think that really costs you. Um, and so, yeah, make, make sure it's good in the beginning and yeah, come up with a, a, a policy or a strategy and really just stick to it. Um, yeah. Let me double dip on that one. Um, just stick to it. Right. Because a lot of companies will, all right, let's do content two months, three months. Ah, it didn't work. Let's go back. Didn't get, didn't get the results. So yeah. let's do something different. No, like it, Purposely with content, you, you know, you're relying, you're relying on the new things you're producing, but more you're relying on building a backlog of good, solid content out there that is going to win over time. Um, you know, some things go viral, viral, of course, uh, but I don't think that should be your goal when you're producing content, specifically writing. Like, of course, you'd like that to happen, but really you want to just pr produce solid content that are things people want to read and then just build a backlog and have a huge library. Cool, man. Like I, I, I think we can talk for hours about content, especially like the direction where it goes. Um, one more thing. You are from Omaha. Mm -hmm. um, what will be your, um, if you want to say something, hopefully we're going to catch some of those uh, people in Omaha. So what will, what will you say to them right now? Mm, wear a mask. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. Everybody, please wear a mask. Eric, thank you for, have, for being in the show. Right now, music is going to come up. Great. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, thanks, Marcos. Thanks. My name is Marcos Bravo, and this was Incoming Chat. Thank you for joining us today. Do not miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time. Incoming Chat. <laughs>